Josh Williams here with the One Man Podcast, episode number 56 for Wednesday, June 6, 2018. How are you guys doing? How's your week so far, huh? It's Wednesday for you. It's Tuesday afternoon for me. Getting it done a little bit early this week, guys. Uh, kind of excited, a little bit high energy. Got my coffee right here in front of me, my nice Cafe Verona from Starbucks, but I made it myself. I'll talk a little bit more about that later on. Mm-mm. I hope you're sipping on your morning cup of Joe, as I know a lot of you guys listen to this on your way into work, or uh, you know what, what your, uh, your your second morning cup of Joe, or your first afternoon cup, or your third afternoon cup, if you're like me and you just keep drinking coffee all day long. Uh, <laughs> welcome onesies to the show. I saw a movie this week, went out to the old theater, and saw Deadpool 2. I'll talk to you guys about that a little bit later on. I made, uh, made a little five habit cards here. Uh, yeah, I, I'm working towards five things that I want to change every month. Some small ones, some bigger ones. I'll get into that a little bit later on. I did some elections Ontario training. I'm going to be working the Ontario election uh, as an area manager. We'll talk about that too. Got some new books from my partners at DK. They sent me some new stuff. And uh, I started a puzzle like an old man. And, uh, you know, I'll read your emails. I got all sorts of things to talk about this week, guys, all sorts of fun things. Um, last week I, uh, I kind of did my Wednesday while you guys were listening to the podcast. I sort of fucked around on my Wednesday. I, I Ubered in the morning, I guess that's, that's a thing, but, uh, then I just played little nightmares all day. Um, I guess, you know, for me, like three hours is like all day, but I know I did a little bit of reading and some stuff like that. I definitely got some uh, some things ready for my five habit lists. And then I went to bed at an early time because I wanted to get up uh, even earlier to Uber on Thursday. So uh, last week on Thursday, I believe that was the 31st of May. So last day of the month. And I decided that starting June 1st, because this is my understanding. Now, I've heard from different sources. I actually was was convinced that it was it either takes like 26 days or 28 days to, to build a new habit. Right. And then I heard somebody, um, tell me that it was like 48 days or something. I was like, oh, well, fuck that. That blows my whole, my whole <laughs> efforts into the water. But regardless, um, you know what? Fuck it. Let's, let's do that right now. Let us find out how long it takes to create a habit. I'm going to whip my fucking, oh, you guys should see my setup. Someday I'll take a picture of the setup during the podcast and I'll see if I can actually Google how long it takes. I should have done this before the show, but fuck it. Let's, let's do it now. How long does it take? to create a habit. Maybe I should do how many days? 21 days, according to this. Uh, so I'll just read, this is from brainpickings.org. 21 days. What this research suggests is that 21 days to form a habit is probably right as long as all you want to do is drink a glass of water after breakfast. Anything harder is likely to take longer to become a, ha- a really strong habit. And in the case of some activities, much longer. So there you go. And that looks like it's from a book called Making habits, breaking habits, why we do things, why we don't, and how to make any change stick. Yeah, maybe I'll fucking add that to my uh, my little list here. I'm going to write that down. Hey, we're kicking off the podcast with all sorts of things. Making habits, breaking habits. And then maybe I'll Google some other ones here. Making. Sorry, guys, you're going to listen to me write things down. Not a very fast writer either. I'm still on the A. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Breaking habits. Um, That sounds kind of cool. I wouldn't mind. uh, Ow. Uh. Just using one of those push pencils with the, the, the leads, stab myself in the finger because I didn't have the eraser pushed. I'm moving my laptop back, which is probably a bad idea considering I always don't know things and need to Google them. 
on the fly. So yeah, there you go. It's 21 days for the easy stuff. So I'm just going to go ahead and say that what I decided to do was give myself 30 days to, you know, develop some habits. So I, I made five things that I wanted to do every single day, non-negotiables, um, and, uh, and just, you know, and I didn't want to do things that were too big. You know what I mean? Like everybody wants to, oh, you know, I want to exercise for 30 minutes every day and I want to read for an hour and I want to, you know, eat fresh foods and prep food. Like, like, I mean, obviously those are all things that I want to do. I want to, you know, exercise for more than 30 minutes. I'd like to read for more than an hour if possible. Um, but the idea is if you try to do too many things that are just going to take like a third of your day, well, then you're going to fail because your life isn't designed for that. So, um, at least mine isn't. So I decided that I was going to pick a few things, just small little things I wanted to change. And I, I'm going to be honest, um, some of my inspiration came from a good friend of mine's uh, wife back during the Christmas season, we were chatting and she had just suggested, you know, write down five things that you'd like to have in your life. And, you know, they can, they can be huge, but you got to obviously break down the steps. Like it's like, oh, I'd like to have a million dollars and I'd like to own a sports car. And I'd like to, it's kind of like, well, all right, well, what are the steps to those? And if you have no idea how to get there, then it's kind of pointless, right? Hmm. May as well make a vision board or something like that and be like, all right, manifest. Um, so I, I just picked some things that I want to change. I picked, I picked, basically I picked what I consider four particularly small ish ones, not overly difficult though. I am finding, you know, uh, at this point we're June 5th, it's going to be June 6th for you guys tomorrow. Um, or whatever, when you're listening to this, it's minimum minimum for you, June 6th. Um, I'm already struggling with a couple of them and I just not to say that I failed, but I'm struggling and I'm certainly negotiating with myself, but I'll, I'll get into them. Um, the idea is I picked some simple, simple things that I want to, to have stick and hopefully, you know, and then I put one, one, you know, larger one, one that's a little tougher to, uh, to achieve. So I'm going to share them with you guys and I might talk about them a little bit too, because one of them is, is mildly embarrassing, but, uh, but it's something that I, I want. It's important to me. And, um, and I'm, I'm making it a non-negotiable. So these are my five things. What I went out and I did is I, I Photoshopped them, right? I wrote them. I basically took an eight by eight and a half by 11 regular, you know, piece of paper. And I put as many of them in different sizes and layouts as I could on this piece of paper. And then I took it into Staples and, uh, you know, chopped it up and got it laminated. So I got all these little different cards, different sizes. I got them, you know, I'm using them as bookmarks. I'm sticking them. I've got them up on my desk here. I've got one stuck beside my bed. Uh, one of them, I've actually got a steering wheel cover. I've actually got one tucked under the steering wheel cover. So it's always right there in my face when I'm driving. So the idea is just to have them everywhere. So, you know, there's no, no out of sight, out of mind bullshit or anything like that. Like they are always there, right. Ready to go. Uh, if you've got some leftovers, I'm holding one in my hand right now. I should tape one to my desk actually somewhere in the middle. Anyways, regardless, they're all over the place. I know what they are. So uh, I'm going to share them with you guys now. Um, one of them is to use the Breathe app twice a day. So on my Apple Watch, um, I have a, an app called Breathe. And what it does is it gives you anywhere between one and five minute uh, increments of breathing uh, practice. Um, and it's not to say I don't know how to breathe, even though I do use a CPAP machine. So arguably I don't. <laughs> I go to sleep and I fucking forget how to breathe. Um, that's a new level of lazy, eh? You know, that thing where you lay there and do nothing, you're doing it wrong. That's me. Anyways, uh, the breathe app is something that's on my Apple watch and it basically just guides you through, you know, deep inhales, deep exhales. And it does actually, I do tend to feel particularly better, um, after I do it. It's, it's, I mean, it's sort of meditation only in the sense that meditation is not sitting and making weird noises with your legs crossed. Meditation is controlled breathing and focusing on your breaths. You know, you can do stretches and shit like that. That's what yoga is. Yoga is meditation with, with stretching. Um, 
but there's lots of different kinds of meditation, whatnot, but essentially all meditation is, is controlled breathing and focusing on your breath. It, it nourishes your body with oxygen. And at the same time, it sort of, you know, helps with mindfulness and, and stillness and things like that. And you guys know with me, with all the, the thoughts and shit kicking around my head all the time, it doesn't hurt to have uh, something that helps bring that to a little bit of calmness. So, um, as my day is, is going on, I figure this is a kind of a small one because I can, if I just do a, a one minute increment, just stop and, and breathe. I've been doing about three minute ones. So I, I find when I'm driving Uber in the morning between rides, if I have a chance to pull over, I'll, I'll use that opportunity to, you know, do one of my breathing apps so far. I've successfully, uh, you know, and I've got that twice a day, use the breathing app twice a day. So, um, I, I'm not trying to blow out of the water. Obviously I could probably do it once per hour, you know, given the right circumstances. But the thing is I'm trying to create things that will factor into my life all the time. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to do this for a month and then throw it away. I'm trying to build the habit and, and know that next month I'm going to have five new things. So I'm not trying to build habits that, you know, aren't going to make room for new things. So sort, of, sort of things like, so, so if I can twice a day, uh, you know, find time to do my breathing app, then that's a cool little way to just sort of calm shit down a little extra oxygen a little more stillness and uh and hopefully some uh, some goodness so that's uh that's one i've got i've got uh number two is record your day in one man podcast notes so um a lot of times when i'm chatting with you guys um i'll i'll sit down before i record the podcast and i uh you know i try to remember my entire week and throw it into the notes so that i've got a little bit of direction when i'm sitting here talking and obviously there's lots of times where um, something happened and I totally forget about it until I'm either in the middle of the episode or until long after the episode's been recorded and then it's this pointless to talk about it. Even just little things that I think of throughout the course of the week and and want to chat about. Um, this one I have struggled a little bit with, even though you'd think it's as simple as like I have a single line for each day. So for example, like just even though I don't read every single one of them, not all of them I find particularly interesting, I just put the notes there in case something makes it more relevant later. Uh, just for example, like I just went over Wednesday, which was nothing. And I just, next to Wednesday, I have Uber slash play little nightmares slash early sleep. That's it. If that's, if that's the only things that I did in a day that even stood out enough at the end of that day to note down, I put them there. You know what I mean? But sometimes it's just as simple as like, did this, went shopping. I'll write the names of the places I shopped at and be like, and played, a, played some board games or watched a show or whatever. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not a lot, but it's hard to remember all of those things because they may be relevant to something later on and, uh, you know, can't figure out there. I don't know if you guys can hear the roommates dropping shit all over the place and making as much noise as possible, but that's what they do. Welcome home, Kamar. Um, <laughs> so anyways, they, they do that. They'll, they'll sit and they'll hold town, town meetings outside my door. Basically, I think that they think that one man podcast recording means, Hey, anything to talk about? Let's bring up the minutes from last week. Anyways, it just drives me bananas. And, and I've been told by you guys that you can't even really hear it, but I, I can hear it through the mic and I can hear it through my headphones and everything. Anywho, sorry. So getting back to what I'm saying, the point is, is that if I can record my notes at the end of every single day, right, making it part of my to-do list on every single day, I, I can maybe make this uh, podcast a little more structured. So that's number two. This one here is a, is a little embarrassing. Um, you know, and I'm not going to lie. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth of it. This one here is uh, to brush my teeth twice a day. And uh, it's not to say that I didn't brush my teeth before, but I would, uh, essentially I would brush them basically once a day. Um, and there were days where I would forget. So that's like, you know, wake up and I'm, I'm running late for Uber. So I'd run out and get my day started and go out and do things all day and then come home, you know, super late or be reading or something like that and pass out and forget to, to brush them. So, um, 
I think it's, uh, yeah, it's like I said, it's a little embarrassing. Not to say I'm walking around all the time, no brush teeth, because that does sound like what it is. Uh, in fact, I was so embarrassed <laughs> that I had this on there that I felt the need to justify what this five things, especially when I dropped it off at Staples, like when they were printing it and laminating. I go, do you guys want to know what these five things are? Like what they're for? And they're like, kind of, we wanted to ask. I go, that's cool. I just, I would want to know if I saw something like this, I'd be curious what it's about. So, but I, but the main one was because it's like brush teeth. Cause you're supposed to brush what three times a day. I don't do that. I don't know that I'll ever be able to do that only in the sense that my days are usually running around and doing stuff. Uh, despite the day where I fuck around and play video games. I'm just saying I'm not always at home to brush my teeth or something like that. So I think the middle of the day one's a little tough, but I can wake up and brush my teeth and I can brush them before I go to bed. And that's something I haven't, uh, have not been in the habit of, uh, for a lot of my life, just usually, you know, sleeping until the very last minute and then getting right the fuck at the door. So, um, which is funny. I'll, 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 you know what? I'll tell a little story, you know, along, uh, alongside with that is for those of you who've listened to this podcast, um, from the beginning, you'll be familiar with some of the health problems and some of the health scares I've had personally, uh, you know, years ago, there was actually a period of time where like I, I was having a difficult time, having a difficult time, no, avoiding entirely out of fear, um, showering every day. So it's kind of funny because I'm just, just while I was talking with you guys now, about the whole brushing my teeth and I forget to do that. It's like, man, I don't really forget to shower. You know, I shower every day. Very rarely. If I have a whole day where I'm inside and I'm not going anywhere, occasionally I'll be a fucking slob and not shower that day. Um, but yeah, if I'm going somewhere, if I'm leaving the house, I'm, I fucking, I have a shower and it's never a thing, but there was a period of time, uh, you know, years and years ago, probably over a decade ago where, you know, I was really uncomfortable with my body because of some health stuff, right? Lumps and shit that I didn't know what the fuck they were. It scared me. So to, to jump in the shower and, and clean myself and basically have, you know, minutes of intimate time with my body, uh, was, was, I don't want to say terrifying, but it definitely scared me and, and definitely, you know, made, so I, I had avoided it to the point where actually one of my, this is fucking pathetic, but you know, Hey, it's, it's my podcast, right? And I'm honest with you guys. Uh, I actually had a boss at one point was like, Hey man, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> Jesus, uh, he was like, he's like, you know, I, I know you're a big guy and, uh, you know, it's, you, you get bigger guys sweat and whatever. And I just thought I'd let you know, like, you know, Hey, it's sort of uh, noticeable. You kind of got to do something. I was like, Oh fuck. So that was brutal. Cause again, you, you don't, uh, wow. I was embarrassing about not brushing my teeth twice a day all the time. Here I am. I'm like, oh, I didn't shower. I got pulled aside, but Hey, but you know, it's life, right? We, we live and we learn and, and you know, it takes those little <laughs> things sometimes to give our heads a shake, but regardless, brush my teeth twice a day because twice a day was not the norm. And, uh, and five days in it is now the norm. Uh, in fact, I actually can feel the difference. Um, I didn't this morning, uh, right away. Cause again, it's not brush my teeth when I wake up, brush my teeth when I go to bed, just brush them twice a day. Um, this morning I was running late to Uber, so I did miss it. But when I came back, I brushed them when I got home. So just think, but I did notice the difference this morning, only four days in, just a little bit of a, I'm going to get a bit of a shit mouth. Okay. Anyways, I'm so sorry if I'm grossing you guys out while you're having breakfast or whatever, but, um, so yeah. Um, number four, post on each social media platform. So I've been trying to be more active with social media and uh, it's funny because I'll pop on my phone several times a day and I'll see lots of comics I know and stuff like that posting stuff. And I do, uh, excuse me, I do find a lot of what people post, um, boring and annoying and, uh, well, I know it's being judgmental, but I'm just saying I, I do find a lot of what people post on social media, um, boring you know, a pointless. That's how it feels. Again, it's not my place to say, but you know, someone posts uh, a picture of a flyer, but you know, that was in their door came home to this and it's like a flyer and you can't really see what's on it or anything like that. You know, a picture of their cat 
sitting next to their pillow. And that's the same person that posts that, that cat picture every day. You know what I mean? Sorry, I'm banging because they're so loud. It's not really even for you guys. It's more that I'm distracted by it. So it's hard for me to tell my story and whatnot. Anywho. Um, yeah. So I, I see people posting on social media. So I, for a while, I guess I got it in my head that I'm like, I don't want to be that guy who just posts nothing all the time. Like who gives a shit again, like those food pictures, right? Like having this food, but you know, but there are, but there are comedians that I follow that even though they're not posting anything hysterical, you know, it's not like everything they post is amazing. You can just see that they're out doing things. And it's kind of like, wow, this person's out there living a life, you know, things are going on and, and it does keep you more fresh in people's minds. So again, in my industry where, you know, if you're not, constantly out there doing something, you know, people, crowds, bookers, you know, will forget about you. Uh, you move to the B, C, D, E lists kind of thing. So um, I've been uh, interested in being more, more prominent on social media, finding more things that are actually of interest. So rather than being like, I'm just going to post something and, and fucking waste everybody's time. Um, it, it actually inspires me to go and do something that might be a little bit more, you know, noteworthy, or at least somebody who's following me might be interested in anyway. So blah, blah, blah. One of the things on my list has been to post on each social media. So that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, every day, something. Um, so some of them get repeated in the sense that, um, you know, I'll post the same thing on, on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook, but at least I'm posting on each of them. So there's been a couple times where, you know, I've missed Facebook or something like that, meant to do it, got a phone call, and then forgotten. In my head, I was like, okay, I posted that thing, but I forgot to do one. So that one's definitely a work in progress. It is not the... It actually seemingly, I was going to say, it's not the hardest one when I first thought of it, but it's actually shaping up to be the hardest one on my list only because I, uh, I don't know what to post. And, um, sometimes I, I, I will record something and go, oh shit, I forgot to post that. So it's only, it's only hard in the sense that, um, I'm failing to actually get it out every single day. I'm doing it to, to whatever, but I, again, by, maybe by the time this month is over, it'll be something that's there and we'll give you guys more incentive. I'm also trying to figure out. Um, if I post on, uh, Instagram or not Instagram, sorry, if I post on one man podcasts, uh, media platform, or if I po post on Josh Williams comedy, so some things will be like, well, maybe people who aren't following my podcast thing will like this. And then some things I think, well, this is stuff I've shared with you guys. And really only my listeners will, will give two shits about, about some of these things. So, um, yeah, um, that's, that's what that's for. And then finally, the, the large one in quotes, at least that I thought of at the time was, uh, to read for 30 minutes. So, um, that one was tough. I've, I've been, you know, getting a lot of books from partners and I love reading their stuff, but a lot of times I wait till the very end of the day and go, oh, I'll read for an hour before bed. And it's so late. I, I only go to bed when I'm already exhausted. I read a couple pages and pass the fuck out. So, um, what I've started doing is I have, I have read before bed a couple times. Um, I'm bringing books with me while I'm Ubering. And, uh, I used to be that like, if I had like a five or six minute break where I was getting no rides, I'd be frustrated and be like, all right, fuck, I'll move to somewhere else, whatever. And I'm bringing the books now. And, and even with the breathing app and stuff. So what I'll do is if I pull over and I know it's going to be a little bit of weight, I'll do the breathing app first, which sort of calms me down, gets me into a better headspace for reading. And then I'll, I'll whip open the book and I'll start reading for a bit. And I, I track the time, you know, and I'm very conservative with how much time I'm ready for seven minutes. I got five minutes and I, I make sure that I hit my 30 minutes mark. It doesn't have to be all at once. And most of the time it is all at once, but Anyway, so those are my five things. These are my five non-negotiables for every single day of the month of June. Uh, so again, one is to use the breathing app twice a day. Two is to record my notes in the one man podcast every day, uh, to brush my teeth twice a day, to post on each social media platform and to read for 30 minutes. So every single day I have to achieve this list. Um, and none of them 
are uh, are so unachievable that I can't do them right before bed. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, obviously the, the teeth brushing one I could do twice. I can do it twice before bed. It's a little pointless to do it twice right before bed. But, you know, I can, I can do the breathing app. I can read and then, you know, post them on social media, do the breathing app again, pass the fuck out. Anyways, that's, that's a, a relatively big thing for me. I'm, uh, I'm already starting a, a note, like a notepad on my, uh, on my phone of some of the things that I want to do for next month. And of course I'll do the same thing. I'll get it printed. I'll get it. I'll have to stick them everywhere. And, uh, and keep you guys up to date with how it's going. But as it stands right now, I, I, I would say I have like a 90% success rate. There's been like, um, one day where I forgot to post my notes. I think one of them, I, one of the nights I, I started reading and I did fall asleep, um, you know, before I think I hit the 30 minute mark. But aside from that, like, um, I'm definitely getting four out of five done every single day, uh, which is much good progress, much good products, <laughs> very good progress. I'm happy with. And, uh, and of course, you know, three of the days so far I've, I've hit them hundred percent. So I, I don't know. I'm happy and I'll let you know more as it goes. Thank you for listening to that very long rant about my, uh, my personal betterment, but, um, you know, you could have turned it off if you didn't like it. Um, <laughs> Anyways, I made my five habit cards, stuck them around, started doing them and, uh, and implemented them immediately for, for Friday, the June 1st. But, um, I played some, uh, some games with the rest of my day on Thursday at Ubered. I'd made my habit cards. I felt particularly accomplished. So I played some of my Lego Avengers game. I'm starting to play video games a little bit more now. Um, I'm making decent money Ubering. So, um, it's, uh, it's easier for me to actually do that, come back and do something a little productive fuck around and actually enjoy my life for a few hours and then, you know, either do something social or whatever. I'm actually feeling a lot better. Um, I, I am neglecting my, my, I still haven't finished my 2017 taxes. I'm flat out neglecting them. I'm not making excuses. I'm, I'm avoiding that stuff cause it's boring, but, uh, at least I'm aware. So as soon as I want to make that change, well, I know who's in charge of it. So I did that. And then I prepped uh, some lettuce bags on Thursday. So I had a couple, a uh, couple days of eating better. Um, on Friday morning, I, uh, I Ubered again, but I actually had a really cool experience on, uh, on that morning. I drove a guy from, uh, Stittsville, which is like past the, uh, past the Ottawa burbs, uh, right into the middle of town, uh, whose name was Chris Kratt, Kratt with a K. I told two people, I was very excited um, to have met this guy and both people, when I told them, uh, I was like, I drove Chris Kratt today. They're like, you drove Chris Pratt today. I'm like, no, oh, fuck six. No, Chris Kratt. And then immediately they were like, oh, so my super excited moment was, uh, was <laughs> ruined during those two stories, but it doesn't matter. That's, that's the way life goes. Um, Chris Kratt for anyone who doesn't know, uh, him and his brother have had shows on, uh, many different, um, you know, kids networks all about animals and stuff. They had a show, uh, 1999 to like 2001. So like a long time ago, but it still plays in many, many different syndicated channels called uh, Zabumafu. Um, which is super cool. They had like a, like a lemur puppet who was like their co-host and they would, they would show all sorts of different things of animals and stuff like that. Very cool kid shows. I remember watching them with Brody and Michaela when they were growing up. Um, they have a show that is still, uh, being made right now called wild Kratts, which is an animated series with uh, the two guys and, um, and stuff like that. But it plays like all, I think that the wild Kratts is on Netflix, but it's, it's a kid's show that isn't shitty. Like there's some kid shows where you could actually jump, like think of like Pixar, right? the early Pixar movies, you could watch them. They were fun for adults and for kids at the same time. They're starting to get really, really shitty. Like the amount of sequels, somebody died, you know, at Disney or Pixar and they've just stopped making good movies. Now they're just making sequels and sequels and they're, they're not enjoyable. It used to be that if it was Pixar, it was a home run, 
right? Think about them. Toy Story was great. Uh, Bugs Life was great. Finding Nemo was great. Um, the first Incredibles was great. Um, I think the first one that I found to be just like, just shit, um, was, I was, I was going to say Wally. Wally wasn't shit. I fell asleep during Wally in the theater, but it could have just been the circumstances. Like I was tired that day or whatever, but, uh, but up, up was the first Pixar movie that I can remember going, this is just garbage. Like there's nothing happening in this movie that I'm invested in at all. I don't find it funny. I don't find it interesting, you know, didn't have the laughs or whatever, but you know what I mean? Like you go back to those, those, those Pixar movies in the beginning and you know, they were, they were good. You knew you were going to get a good movie. Didn't, didn't even matter what it was. Like, yeah, let's go find out what the fucking story is. I, I think the first cars was very good. But, you know, then Cars 2, which I didn't even see. Then there's planes. And I, I think they, they get to this point where they're like, let's just find something that works and then just keep doing it. And, and But, you know, like Austin Powers, where it's like everything that we loved about it, you know. I, I remember it took them, what, like 10 years to make Finding Dory. And then I, I fell asleep in the first, you know, 30 minutes of it. I just found it boring and stupid and whatever. Anyways, I'm not here to shit on fucking Pixar. I don't even know how I went down that goddamn road. What the fuck was I talking about? I have to see. I have to re reference my notes. Oh, the Kratz show. Ah, <laughs> oh, fuck. That's how my brain works, though, guys. It goes all over the fucking place. Um, Wild Kratz, uh, the guy I heard. They make good kids shows that are fun to watch. That are that are educational. They don't treat kids like they're fucking idiots. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, uh, it was really cool. And, and so I was, I was driving and he looked really familiar for most of the ride. And he was talking to me about, you know, what I do and stand up comedy and this and that. And then at one point I asked him like, Hey, you know, uh, what do you do? If you don't mind my asking. And he's like, oh, I work in entertainment too. Actually, I've got, uh, you know, I do like a kid's show. And I was like, he's like, I think, I think it's that kid's show, like animals. And I'm like, I, dude, are you, are you Krat? Like Chris, Chris Krat? And he's like, yeah, that's me. I go, oh my God, it's really nice to meet you, you know, and chat with him. He lives uh, in the Ottawa area. They have a, a production uh, studio for their, uh, the, their, their TV show, Wild Krats. Um, so they're still, he said, yeah, we're still doing it. It's a, uh, it's a great show. They've done a bunch of different animal shows over the years. Um, but like exciting, they're not boring. Um, love him. And, and it was, it was great dude. And I, I said to him like, Hey man, I'll hate myself if I don't ask, but I go, uh, here's my card. I go, if you'd ever like to sit down and do an interview uh, for my podcast, like the experiences that you guys have had being all over the world and seeing animals and stuff, I would love to, to sit and do an interview with you. And he's like, okay, cool. So I told him I was, I, I, I think he was being polite at the time, but then when I was like, I'm, I'm mobile, like I can bring my stuff to you. He's like, oh, okay. Okay. Like he seemed a little more interested, but here's the thing that was Thursday. Today is Tuesday. I've received nothing. So I wouldn't hold my breath, but, uh, there is a small chance that maybe someday, uh, Mr. Chris Kratt from the, uh, the Kratts, uh, and all the different things that they do, uh, might be a guest on the one man podcast. Regardless, he was a super nice guy. Um, it was fun to chat with him. They, I mean, again, he's flying all over the world to do things. That I think the last thing he wants to do is, is sit down and talk for two hours. You know, like they've done, he was telling me about how, like when they did the view, like what was going on for the view and chatting with all of them and all of them trying to talk to him at once. So if he's doing big shows like that. Yeah, my humble podcast is probably not too enticing for him, but regardless, I had a good convo with him and he was a super, super nice dude. And, um, yeah, so I, I, that was, that was fun. Hey, you never know. Every now and again, you get to drive around somebody of note when you're doing the old Uber thing. Uh, I went to Mandarin for lunch with my mom. So it was funny cause I did that morning. I was a good bitch that morning. I, uh, 
I brought my bag of lettuce that I prepped the night before and was like, all right, only going to eat lettuce. I'm not going to do the drive through morning thing. That will end up, I, I swear to God, that's going to end up on my, uh, on one of my five list things is, you know, every day I get up to Uber. And one of the things that excites me, I think I've been using it as incentive, but one of the things that gets me out of bed and in the car and out, you know, out under the roads is that I usually will get myself like, you know, McDonald's breakfast, right? Go and get one of the McMuffins, one of those magical, delicious sandwiches that everybody fucking, nobody shits on McDonald's breakfast. I, I think that I'm suspect of anyone who's like, McDonald's breakfast is gross. I'm like, that person should be on a watch list somewhere. But anyways, um, I have to put that on my, on one of my five lists very soon is to not get, uh, not get breakfast drive through not get any drive through at, at some point, but, but ultimately is to, to make my food and, and have, you know, peanut butter toast, get up with enough time to actually do run the, the, you know, make my coffee, have something to eat for breakfast and then get on the road as opposed to, Oh, I'm 45 minutes late starting. I'm going to get the fuck out the door, right? Get up, brush my teeth, make my breakfast, get the fuck out the streets. So anywho, uh, I was a good bitch that day and I brought my lettuce bag. I was ch chewing on that. And, uh, and then of course I'd forgot that I'd committed to having lunch at the Mandarin with my mom. She loves that place and it's cheaper during the day and during the week she was off. So we went and had lunch at the Mandarin and I totally, I guess I don't want to say ruined what I did in the morning because if I'd eaten fucking drive through and then had lunch there, that would have been worse. But anyways, set a good foundation for ruining my day. Um, <laughs> uh, I saw Deadpool two on, uh, on Friday night with Crystal and Brody. Um, that was, uh, that was a movie. Um, I worry about sounding like I, I didn't have a good time. I was great to see them and hang out with them. Um, anybody seen Deadpool two yet? Holy shit. Not what I expected. Um, I really expected something fun and interesting. I, I, I gotta say just short and sweet. Didn't like it. Didn't like it. It's a shame. Cause Ryan Reynolds, I, they almost turned it into one of those shitty Judd Apatow movies where it's just, you know, the jokes that worked the first time, they tried to triple the amount of them. They went more like penis humor than just being funny and cute. They really overdid it with the pop culture references. Um, it was almost in that same sort of Austin Powers style. Like the reason I say Austin Powers is I don't know if you guys noticed, but with the Austin Power movies, if you've, if you've, you know, seen them and remember them is that like in the first one, they had some really funny things like the shadow puppets and what looked funny in the shadows or, or, or the scene where he's walking around in the background, she's eating the fruit and bites onto the sausage and things like that. Like that worked and it was cute. The, the shush scene, the shush, you know, that kind of stuff. They were cute, funny scenes in the first movie. But then what happened is the movie got a sequel and they did the same thing again. They did a shush scene. They did a shadow puppets and what it looks like to the person on the outside scene. And they did a, you know, uh, you know, die the, the way the guy dies, uh, in a long way. I'm, I'm very badly burned. Oh, I fell down. I'm, I'm injured. I have broken bones everywhere. Like just, just the same shit all the time. Well, that's what happened with this Deadpool movie is they found what worked the first time and really overdid it the second time and didn't make anything else make sense. Um, really, I, I felt like cable was a really cool character, um, that they were going to bring. I didn't know a whole lot about him, but when I started reading about it, finding out that he was going to be in the sequel, um, I was like, Oh, I'm going to find out about cable. And, and some of the scenes they show you in the previews, you're like, Holy fuck, this is gonna be a wicked character. It's like, he shows up, has a couple fights and it's like, they, they don't really go into much else about him. How, how time travel is a a thing or anything like that. Like, I don't know if you don't know the cable, it's not hard. He's a time traveling mutant. 
Well, and he travels through time in this one, but they don't really say anything about it. It's just kind of like, he just did it and that's it. And then now, now I'm, eh, whatever, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil anything. I haven't spoiled anything yet, but, um, all in all did not give a fuck about this. movie. I would honest to God, I would probably not watch it even if it was on Netflix. Um, it's, it's that I, I like, it's getting 70 some odd percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't see how that's possible. Um, really, really unimpressed. And I, I personally, it almost is like, um, I feel like it's kind of like the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, right? The amazing Spider-Man where the first one was like, oh, that's not bad. I, I didn't, I didn't hate that. That was a lot better than what the fucking Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies doing. And then they come out with a sequel with, you know, Jamie Foxx playing Electro and that stupid nerdy kid <laughs> playing, uh, what was it? What the fuck was he playing? The green goblin or whatever. Uh, how it just comes back and you're like, oh, that was garbage. Um, that's what this, the second Deadpool felt like anyways, that's my review of Deadpool. Um, <laughs> on Saturday I had to do elections Canada training. Um, I'm going to be an area manager on election day, which is coming up this Thursday. I will be going from poll to poll, making sure that, uh, you know, everything's accessible. It's going to be a boring, uh, government job for the day, but it pays really well. I'm, I'm excited to do it. Not really. I'm, I'm going to, I'm excited to make the money for one day's work. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to. Sorry. I keep clicking. I'm going to put this pen cap over here. I keep clicking it and I got a note about not clicking my pens. I appreciate the feedback when you guys tell me. So, um, yeah, I, I went to the training elections, Canada stuff and it was just standard. Like it was really standard issue stuff, stuff about accessibility, treating people with respect, checking proper IDs. Like it really, you know, finding out where the weak station is and making sure that, you know, uh, we, we have everything covered properly and whatnot. Um, just, just a waste of four hours in the morning. Then I'd read a bunch of elections boxes and shit like that. Um, during the training though, I did hear something, uh, very troubling. And I had a really hard time getting past. I'm still not past it, but I want to bring it up with you guys. And, um, I don't, I, I don't really think that it's ethical for me to bring it up before the election. Um, but I will bring it up. I will bring it up afterwards. Um, so if I don't do it on episode 57, feel free to write an email, contact the one man podcast and ask me, Hey, what was that thing you were going to tell me about the election? This is a, this is a, a procedural thing that, um, nobody else would, would get away with regardless of the situations. So you guys know me, I love everybody, but I fucking hate injustice and I hate, um, uh, inequality. And this is the kind of thing, like, I, I guess, okay, well, let's put it this way. This is a group that now has too much power. Um, and that's not a good thing. Um, power in the sense that the government isn't going to stand behind their own legal obligations in an election because it's too, it's too, too much of an issue not to want to touch. Go ahead and make your guesses and your bets. I'll tell you about it later. And I'll tell you what we were instructed during training to do, but I won't do it until after the election, because if I tell you this information beforehand, it could uh, actually influence things, um, on election day. So yeah, interesting. Eh? Uh, did a tasting for joy wine with my partners at karma casting, did a tasting down at the old, uh, old LCBO down at Lansdowne. Uh, that was fun. Uh, there was like a big, uh, city of Ohm, they call it, which was like a big yoga day. I didn't know anything about it, but there was like yoga classes and stuff like that going on all day out there. So I, I just, my first hour, two hours of the tasting, people just kept coming in a yoga clothes with yoga mats. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? 
So eventually someone told me. So that was, uh, that was a cool thing. Um, tasting went well, sold lots of wine. And then I went to hang out with my buddy, Aaron, uh, who we normally do uh, games with, and we were going to do a games night. But when I got there, everybody was just tired and drunk, which was fine with me. Cause to be honest with you, after training for elections all day and doing a tasting, I was a, a little tired myself. So we had some drinks, uh, watched, uh, some, some stand up special. And then, uh, and then he passed out. So I just went home, but you know what? Honestly, I had fun just seeing my buddy and catching up for a little bit. That was uh, was a good evening. Did I do anything of interest on Sunday? Um, I just went to the usual, right? Took my mom shopping. We went to different department stores and stuff like that and, uh, bought some puzzles while I was out. Sure did. I enjoyed doing puzzles, but I bought a puzzle roll, I found a puzzle roll at home sense. So now I can actually start a giant puzzle and not have to just have it occupy the table for God knows how long. So that was, uh, that was something a little bit cool there. I don't really like the puzzle. The puzzle felt like the, the puzzle roll is basically just a big piece of felt. And then you roll this tube around the, uh, around the puzzle and the felt, and it just sort of holds everything together. Um, the piece isn't cut particularly. It, it looks like a shitty fucking defective one that you buy from home since regardless, it works thus far. I've only unrolled it once with puzzle pieces on it. And it, uh, it definitely had some, some pieces, you know, that would, would break and stuff like that. Not destroy the piece, but like they would break apart from other pieces. So now that I've got the whole border done and I've rolled it back up, I'm, I'm interested to see how it's going to look when I unroll it again. Regardless, start a new puzzle. It is a Canada puzzle. Yeah. Cause we're quickly approach quickly. We're approaching Canada day. Not as exciting this year. A eh? 151 is not as exciting as 150. Uh, Monday drove my Uber, but I got an Uber complaint. Uh, like the first one in fucking years. Uh, I got a complaint. Someone was saying they didn't like my driving. They thought I was speeding and, uh, and making unsafe traffic maneuvers, which, um, gotta say not true. I'm a very good driver and I don't make unsafe uh, traffic things, but, uh, to each his own, you know, people, they also, this person, I don't know who it was that complained. Cause like I said, I didn't do anything. If I, if I had been, I would have known who, uh, who it was, but, um, you know, some people have cars and some people don't. Jason gets in the car with me and he is the slowest womanist. Uh, that was a dick thing to say, Josh. I apologize. I associate poor driving with, uh, with ladies and that's rude. And that's definitely even a burr thing to say the ladies that's his influence on me. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I have now, I feel like I have to justify myself or I'm just going to sound sexist, but who knows? Maybe justifying will sound even more sexist. I find that, <laughs> that, Sometimes the people who pull shitty maneuvers in traffic, like start and then get scared and stop are often ladies. It's a cautious nature. It's, it's not bad. It's not bad. It protects you in the wild ladies it's instincts. But unfortunately, when it comes to traffic, um, you know, if you start to pull something in traffic and then stop, it's going to cause more damage than if you just went, we're going to stop and slow and let you in, but then you stop and you start to go again, but you get scared and you stop again. And, uh, you know? So, so Jason is a very scared and that's, that's exactly my point. That's where I should pull back from the, the ladies. It's not all you, there's lots of poor, uh, male drivers and there's lots of absolutely amazing, uh, female drivers as well. But, uh, well, whatever, you know what? Every now and again, somebody says something a little bit sexist. I'm not perfect. Uh, I, like I said, the, the, the people I admire most in my life are women. So, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with ladies, but you know, guys, we also have our dick things too. We're, we're macho pig fuckers. Sometimes I gotta stop clicking this fucking pen. I'm so sorry. Um, we can be, uh, we can be dickheads sometimes, you know, I, I, I know that we're, we're quicker to anger and, and things like that. We're, <laughs> we posture more, who knows? All I'm saying is, uh, yeah, Jason's a shit driver is what I'm getting at. Um, 
<laughs> I got my complaint. I came home on Monday. I had some new books from my partners at DK. They sent me uh, a great book called Pests and Diseases. It's all about plants. So I know that some of you guys were asking about growing. Uh, I think my, my friend Tiffany was saying she would be interested in growing plants and stuff like that, but has issue with it. Well, this book may help. And we're getting close to the point where I will give you guys my review on that. Um, and they also sent me another book from the Big Ideas Simply Explained series, which I absolutely love, called The Mythology Book. And it is all about different mythologies from different cultures and things like that. So I'm super excited to read that one. I spent some time uh, yesterday and today reading the... Uh, the diseases book, pests and diseases. So, um, uh, I've read that one. That one's great. I did some food prep yesterday again. And then, uh, I think Jason and, uh, Noreen and Colin were all over at the house here. Um, and then the, uh, Jay and, and Noreen left to go see some fundraiser show at the club and Colin stuck around. We played a game of Carcassonne. Great, great little board game. Um, just, you lay down tiles, you build a build town score points based on what you build. Super easy, super fun. Um, so that was my week. I got up and I, I did Uber this morning, but nothing, nothing interesting, nothing to even bother mentioning. Did I have anything interesting today? No, I, I thought I did for half a second. Fuck. Cause it's funny. Everyone's always like, you must get great stories. And I'm like, I never do, but I think I had one. Ugh, I had somebody who smelled awful in the car, but I mean, what's the point of saying that? I just hurt some guy's feelings. Yeah, I sucked it. Oh, something did fun. Something I thought interesting happened this week. Um, I was coming in from the the car yesterday and, uh, I thought one of my neighbors was pulled over at the side of the road. Cause as I was driving by, I saw the neighbor was, uh, standing outside of the back seat passenger side, uh, with the door open. And there was this little kid standing in between the curb or like crouching. I thought he was just sort of like crouching and playing on the ground. I don't, I don't, sometimes you don't process shit, but the kids looks like the kids just crouching. And, and, you know, standing, she's just standing there waiting for him to fuck around. Like, like it looked like my neighbor was parked in front of the house and maybe they were waiting for somebody and they were just sort of dicking around, but I pull into the driveway, grab my stuff out of the car and I see them and they're like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? She's like, Oh, not bad. You know how potty training is. And I go, yeah. And I wait, wait, what? And then I look down and I see the kid, they've got a plastic potty outside of the car on the fucking ground. And again, I don't know that this is my neighbor. All right. I know that this is an elderly person. And I've got elderly people that live next door. That's it. She's like, oh, you know, just potty training. You know how it is. I'm like, yeah. And then I like, I look down and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. Have a yeah, good luck with that. And the kid is basically sitting on a, a potty outside of the car on the street, just having a shit or a piss, whatever it is that they're teaching them how to do. I thought that was fucking weird as hell. Um, but of course, as always, as soon as I see something and I think something judgmental, I immediately go, well, is it me? You know, is, did I just not have those experiences? So is that something that you guys can remember? You know, like your parents just pulling over a car. Like, again, I don't know if it was my neighbors or not. I know that, that, that I have old neighbors and, uh, you know, if you've seen one person, one old person, you've seen them all right. Gray hair, skinny, skinny body, right. Poor, poor color selection of their clothing, right. Isn't that what old people look like? So yeah, I don't, I remember being a kid and I don't remember my mom just stopping wherever we were going and just being like, Hey, let's uh, have a shit here. Now, granted, we didn't have a car. So it's not like we carried a potty in the bus and being like, Oh, one sec, we got to get off the bus so you can take a shit, you know? So I guess, I don't know. Did, did you guys have that experience? Did you just have to, you know, your parents would carry a potty in the car and just stick it down and time to take a shit. You know, I think diapers are what that's for, but I know you're trying to potty train. Right. So like, can't you just tell the kid you're like, okay, well one sec, wait till we get home. Maybe not. I don't know, but it was weird as fuck to, 
see a kid in the middle of the rain outside of a car, just taking a shit on the street in his little potty chair or whatever. So I, that was, that was just something weird that I saw that I felt the need to share with you guys. And please, if that is something that you have to do or whatever, then, then I would just like to know that that it's a regular thing. And I'm the one who's just been deprived of it. Um, contact at one man podcast.com. Love to know what, it, what's going on out there with people's kids just shitting on the street. Um, it's almost like that's the habit that you're, you're developing, right? I said, get comfortable shitting outside in front of people, you know? And then one day we're just going to pull this chair right from underneath you and you'll be able to do it without it. What shit on the street. Oh fuck. We made a huge mistake. Um, I also bought a bunch of Starbucks. I had a bunch. I bought another Starbucks coffee this week. Um, I, I, and I, obviously everyone can buy coffee at Starbucks and you can buy the K cups for at home. You sure can. But I bought uh, giant bags of beans. I'm telling you that store that I love old Costco, they have amazing, amazing deals. And, um, over the last few months, I've been able to pick up the three that they always seem to have on brew in Ottawa, which is the cafe Verona Pike place and true North. So I got my blonde, medium and dark roast coffees. I buy the big bags. Those are like, it's like 16, listen to me, 16 bucks for like a, a two kilo bag. I could be wrong. I'll double check my numbers and get back to you on that. But, uh, two kilos for $16. That's like fucking what? Five coffees when you buy them in the store. And I, I get the beans and I, I just grind what I need. I'll basically grind one Mason jar full at a time. So I've got in my fridge, all three available a little scoop into the pre, uh, pre-sized cup for the Keurig. Kaboom. A little free plug for Keurig too. Right. And then I get my coffee. That's what I'm sipping on right now. I got my nice dark cafe Verona. Whoops. <laughs> Bang the cup right into the microphone. Hmm. It's not helping with my coordinate. What the fuck? I had the tallest glass in the world and everything just fired out of the top of this thing. Anyways, I'm all over the place. Point being is I got myself a lot of Starbucks coffee for at home and I couldn't be happier. I like all of their flavors. They taste delicious. And finally, one of the things that happened this last week that I want to talk to you guys about is, um, uh, Jason and Colin have been doing a lot of work around the house. Like we had a flood a while back. I was telling you guys about, they fixed everything downstairs, put carpet in. They've been working really hard. Jason, uh, despite all of his flaws of which there are many, 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 um, has been working really hard lately, really, really physically around the house, getting things done. They worked outside, blacktop the fucking, uh, driveway, fixed all the basement stuff. He's been working. Um, we have a back room that he had like an addition that he had built. And I can't, I'm, I'm at the point where I don't even remember what the old back room looked like, but, um, years and years ago, but he, uh, we had, it basically was just our storage room, shitloads of, of bottles and cans, um, all sorts of storage stuff, you know, old exercise equipment that nobody was using, whatever. So after all these other projects, he managed to get all those things cleared out of the back room. And then he started putting in, you know, speakers and stuff. He, he did siding along the outside. He's got a nice little patio on the back side, but nothing on it. Like it never gets used. Right. So, um, he's, he put up some speakers, some outdoor speakers that he had ordered, put them up outside, you know, in case anybody wants to sit there, put siding all along the side, went out and bought some plants. Everything looks great, except he has some shitty patio furniture. We're talking like those, those, you know, white plastic chairs that are basically the staple of every cheap patio. He's got those only in green and then like two shitty plastic tables. 
So I've been busting his balls for a while saying that like, hey man, everything else out there is actually starting to look amazing and you're putting all this work in. Let's get a half decent patio set so we're, you know, we feel like we can sit out here and actually be comfortable, not just sitting in plastic on wobbly plastic tables. So I've been trying to wear him down to actually do this because he keeps doing more things out in that back patio area, but he still will not get a, a half decent set to sit in. So um, I'm going to do a, a Facebook video, you know, Twitter and Instagram, all that shit. I'm going to do that. Um, maybe tomorrow sometime because it's raining today and I'll show you guys all the different things. I'll take you a little tour in our back section and then, uh, and then I'll tell you to, uh, maybe send Jay an email. I would put his phone number for you to call him, send him a text, but that's, uh, that's too personal, too much invasion of his privacy. I want you guys to bust his balls, but on a professional level. So I'll put his email in the video and you guys can just, uh, you can either tell him that I'm wrong. I'm full of shit that the set, the, the set that we have right now is more than nice. But if I walk you through the fact that we have two you know, several thousand dollar massage chairs in the living room, right? Like everything Jason buys has got to be top notch to have like, and all this work he's doing in the back to have this like really, really shitty patio set. Um, anyways, uh, I'll, I'll do that video. So another reason for you guys to follow us on social media is, uh, I'll be posting that video. And uh, when I say tomorrow, that's actually gonna be the today at some point. So you may as well pop on for you guys. It'll be the same day you're listening to this. So check that. All right. That was my, that was a lot of the stuff that went on last week. So that was my week guys. Um, I got my, uh, what am I working on? I got my five things right to do every day. I'm still trying to eat better and I'm, I am doing better with that, but not, uh, not anywhere I need to be, but over the next uh, few months, as I keep adding to these, uh, these habits that I'm changing, I'm sure that will make a change. Um, I've been reading, like I'm about to start the DK, uh, mythology book because you guys sent, uh, you guys is in my partners, uh, DK sent the, sent me that I read the pests and diseases. I got lots of books that I've picked up recently that I want to read. I want to read the eat to live book, which my friend Dave shout out to my buddy, Dave Budd, who has lost so much weight, um, after reading that book and implementing some of the things, uh, I mean, it's been over a year that he's been working on it, but, but he looks great. He's lost so much weight. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had a shitty joke there. I'll tell Dave, if you're listening, I'll tell you and I, but I, but I wouldn't say that in the air. It's not fair. Um, it's, it's just, just a ball busting thing for my buddy, Dave. Um, yeah, but regardless, uh, he's doing great. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that. I picked up some more, uh, you know, just love and romance books and I don't mean Harlequins. I just mean more things about, you know, building strong, loving relationships because I'm a huge homosexual. Um, and, uh, you know, Hey, I'm just trying to, trying to, you know, I want to get into another relationship someday and I want it to, to work and, and, uh, you know, be good and stuff. All right. Shut the fuck up, Josh. So that's it guys. That's the, um, uh, that's what, that's how last week went. Um, I'm looking forward to having some more fun and exciting things for you guys next time. And what time is it? As always, it is time for my partners at portablepress.com, Uncle John's Bathroom Raiders. Um, I was telling you guys last week about uh, the toys that made us, the documentary on Netflix. And I actually brought it up again this week uh, with some people I was chatting to just saying it was, I found it very, very fascinating. There's actually... Uh, if I didn't mention it already, the documentary, the toys that made us on Netflix, there's eight episodes there. They call it two seasons, but it's eight episodes all about toys. There was some really, um, interesting, um, like psychological, I, I say it's, they call it positioning, but the idea is it's like, it's basically fucking like they find ways to market stuff and they have to, you know, really, it's basically tricking you. Like a lot of marketing is tricking you, right? That's why they use sex and marketing. They make you feel like. They so it's association and things like that. But I mean, you know, if you see a hot chick 
and a beer, well, you think, oh, it's this beer and sex, right? Like you, you associated it. Again, I shouldn't be explaining this. You all pretty much know. But the point is they talk about some of the, the crazy associations and stuff that like Barbie had because mothers didn't trust it at first. And, uh, you know, some of the things that they did to make mothers want their kids to have these Barbie dolls was fucking amazing. Um, it's fascinating. It's fu I think I don't want to say it's evil, but the whole idea is it's like, how do we make mothers want to buy this for their daughters? You know, because they're like, we don't want to teach our daughters to be little whores, which is what I think originally they thought that's extreme oversimplification. But the idea is like, we don't want our daughters to think that they have to dress like this. And then it was like, oh, but Barbie's going to, this is how Barbie finds a husband. Right. And when she first came out, women were looking for her husbands after the war because there was so many of the men were killed, right? Baby boom time and stuff like that. And it's like, well, we don't want our daughters not to be able to find a husband and that this doll is going to teach them how to take care of themselves and be like a little finishing school doll. Like that's what they did. They, they basically said like, oh, Barbie will help you find a husband. Barbie's, Barbie's the perfect role model for any lady who's looking for a husband. The mother's like, oh my God, get it, get it. So there you go. But anyways, that's part of the toys that made us. Speaking of the toys that made us, I found an article in the very first Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, so it has no other title but that, Uncle John's Bathroom Reader, called Toy Origins. You've loved them, you've played with them, you've probably lost parts to them, now here's where they came from. So the first one being Scrabble. Created in 1931, an out-of-work architect named Alfred Botts. He hoped he could support his family by inventing a successful word game, but before the game was refined, he had his job back. That was just as well when he finally showed his handmade crisscross to toy companies. They insisted it had no potential. It was too intellectual. In 1948, Bots and a friend went into business manufacturing the game, now called Scrabble, in an old schoolhouse. It was unsophisticated cottage... Uh what? Oh, it was an unsophisticated cottage industry that enabled the friend to barely eke out a living. But in the summer of 1952, for no apparent reason, Scrabble suddenly became a fad. In two years, the partners went from selling less than 10,000 games a year to selling more than 4 million. To meet the growing demand, the rights were sold to uh, Selcho Richter, writer. And 30 years later, Scrabble ranks as the second best selling game in history. I think it's owned by Hasbro now. I could be wrong, but I feel like Scrabble, I've seen Scrabble in sets with like Sori and Monopoly and things like that, which I know are, are Hasbro. So anywho, um, boop, 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 Lincoln Logs. In 1916, Frank Lloyd Wright went to Tokyo to supervise construction of the Imperial Palace Hotel, a magnificent building resembled, uh, sorry, assembled with an inner frame of wood so it would withstand earthquakes better. Uh, Wright bought, brought his son John with him, and as John watched workers move the huge timbers, what? Move the huge timbers required for the structure, he came up with an idea for a wooden construction toy. He returned to America. John created Lincoln Logs. So there you go. So I guess it was like a kid saw the, the structure being built and created the toy when he got back. Good for him. Silly Putty in 1945, an engineer at a General Electric laboratory in New Haven, Connecticut, was assigned the task of trying to create synthetic rubber. One day he combined boric acid with silicone oil. The result, a bizarre substance with a variety of fascinating properties. It bounced, stretched, and could be broken with a hammer, but no practical use. It became a New Haven conversation piece. Several years later, a marketing man named Peter Hodgson saw a group of adults playing with the stuff at a cocktail party. Hodgson was putting together a mail-order catalog for a toy store at the time and decided to include this nutty putty in it. 
Uh, the response was amazing. Even without a photo, the putty outsold everything in the catalog except crayons. Hodgson knew he had a winner, so he bought $147 worth of putty from GE and packaged it in little plastic eggs. It was the, uh, sorry, in the first five years, over 32 million containers of the stuff were sold worldwide. Rubik's Cube. Devised by Hungarian mathematician Erno Rubik in 1974 as an aid for teaching math concepts to his students, Rubik realized the puzzle's possibility as a toy and ended up selling 2 million of the cubes in Hungary alone, a total of one cube for every five Hungarians. In 1980, the Ideal Toy Corporation bought the rights and the puzzle became a worldwide craze. Rubik reportedly became the first self-made millionaire in a communist country. Slinky! Richard James, a marine engineer, was trying to invent a spring that could be used to offset the effects of a boat's movement on sensitive navigational instruments. One day, he knocked a sample spring off a high shelf, but instead of simply falling, it uncoiled like a snake and crawled down to the floor. James realized he had a toy product, gave it a name, and formed the James Toy Company to manufacture it. And finally, Tinker Toys. Charles Pajot, an uh an Evanston, Illinois stoneworker conceived of Tinker Toys in 1913 after observing some kids playing with pencil sticks and empty spools of thread. He designed it in a garage in back of his house and brought the finished toy packed in its famous canister to the 1914 American Toy Fair, but the public wouldn't buy it, so Pajot had to prove his marketing genius again at Christmas time. He dressed some midgets and uh, they're called little people, Uncle John's uh, books from 1987, guys, dressed some midgets in elf costumes and had them play with Tinker Toys in the windows of New York's Grand Central Station and Chicago's Marshall Fields Department Store. The publicity uh, this stunt attracted made all the difference. A year later, over a million sets had been sold. Um, and the running feed of these two articles, one, the first stereo record went on the market in 1958 and number, and the other one is number one dead entertainer in 1988, Elvis earned an estimated $15 million. And that my friends is uncle John's bathroom reader toy origins. Yeah. For my partners at portablepress.com. So as always guys, uh, I love reading these things, um, only because it's just random information and the amount of people that I meet doing stand up and traveling around and things like that. Um, I end up in, in conversations that I didn't know I would be in and, uh, reading these books, you know, sometimes, uh, somebody will talk about something and, and I just happen to have the random piece of trivia clanging around my brain from these things. So they're fun little ways to, uh, to pass the time. Um, I don't read them in the bathroom because to me that's gross, but, uh, yeah, I, I have them on a shelf in my room and I do like to read them before bed. I've mentioned before, it's a nice little feeling of accomplishment. If you're reading one or two page things before bed, because if you read two or three of them and you pass out, you know, then you, you, you accomplished it. It's not like reading a book where, you know, you might read a, a few pages, fall asleep, and then you don't get back to it for three weeks. And then you go, fuck what happened in those three pages. I forgot. And you just read them again and fall asleep and made no forward progress, man. It's like fucking fumbling the football, you know? You, you, you gain six yards, then you fumble it, recover it, and then you got to gain the six yards again. No forward progress. Huh? I never make sports analogies, but there's one for you. So what else we got? Oh, we got my partners at uh, Absolute Comedy, guys. There are some great shows in Ottawa that I'm aware of. Um, this month in June is, is super wicked. I, I, I can't wait. I'm super excited. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely certain that I just haven't looked at the lineups, but I'm absolutely certain, uh, Kingston and Toronto are knocking into the park. The summer months are uh, a little quieter. So I know that's when they bring in the heavy hitters. You guys should check out absolutecomedy.ca to see who's playing near you.
Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. And we're back. Oh yeah. Um, Summersby, guys, I've been drinking a little bit more Summersby. It's a great time to try a white summer if you haven't tried that already. Summersby, regular Summersby, or you can use the semi-dry if you want it a little less sweet. You mix that half and half with Cronenberg Blanc. Uh, Blanc being French for white, of course, which means you got a Summersby and a Cronenberg white. Right? Mix them together, you got a white summer. Huh? Delicious beverage. Of course, Summersby has many, many delicious flavors, including the new to shelves uh, watermelon, which you can't find everywhere. I uh, tried to find it at the uh, LCBO I was at on Saturday, and they did not have that particular flavor uh, available at that store. So if you see them, grab one of those while you can. And uh, in the meantime, enjoy their, uh, their little ad. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. <sighs> Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. And who am I forgetting of all of my lovely partners? Who was it? Oh, it's the ones I never forget, you guys. That uh, some might even say I love the most. What? You have a favorite child? Um, guys, it's my partners at DK, Dorling Kindersley. And this week I read the Pests and Diseases book. Plant by Plant Advice. It's the new update edition. This book came out 15 years ago and they have redone it. They've updated it, gone through all sorts of things, and a super popular book that they've had, and it's going to be even more popular. Keep your produce and plants healthy, guys. Uh, why not throw in the fucking, uh, you know, the authors? I never, I don't know if I ever do that, but uh, I, th I think sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Pippa Greenwood and Andrew Halstead, the consulting editor, Joan Allen. It's a little extra, little extra bit of, of nod to those guys. This book is great, guys. This is an absolutely great book. So as always, it is a DK book, which means there is imagery. All right. It's not, it's not boring. <laughs> not that I've ever had to, you know, defend DK on that front, but it's not boring. Um, what this book is all about is it actually has, uh, like, f like everything from fruits. Um, I want to make sure that I read the, the correct section here because they do have it broken down into sections. So just so I can do it. They have fruits and nuts, vegetables and herbs, garden trees, shrubs and climbers, um, 
all sorts of different ones, um, all different kinds of plants, I should say. So this, here's the ones, this is the different sections. They have fruits, berries, vegetables, and nuts. They have soil, roots, tubers, and bulbs, leaves, stems, and buds, flowers, and lawns. And then they have the beneficial garden uh, dwellers. So the idea is that the first section, so this book reminds me when I was reading it, it reminded me a lot of the, um, what was it called? Medical condition, medical symptoms. Um, so the idea is that instead of it being like a book, you just read from start to finish. The idea is that it, it covers broad strokes and then you can go into the specifics. So the idea is there's all these images. So first you would be like, if you're, if you're gardening, this is essential. I'm going to start by saying that if you have a garden or if you have plants in your home or anything like that, you need to have this book as a reference tool. Okay. It's not a, it's not an entertainment read. It is an excellent, excellent glossary of all sorts of different kinds of, uh, plant issues, everything from, you know, again, fruits, flowers, uh, shrubs and whatever kind of plants. All right. It's not like, Hey, trying to grow a weird hibiscus tree. I mean, that'll be in here too, but the idea is it shows you all of the different kinds of rots and, and, uh, infestations and things like that. And then it tells you what you can do to resolve it. It tells you what the cause is. So it breaks them down. Like, so for example, just the page that I've got open in front of me here, will show you like European apple soft fly. So it shows like this weird sort of burny curl that looks like it's on the fruit and it comes from, uh, flies that are laid in the fruit. And most of the time those, those, uh, larvae will hatch and they'll eat through the core. And then the thing just falls off the tree, but sometimes it doesn't, they eat through it and they, they come out the other way and then the fruit still grows. So if you're looking at going like, what the fuck is that? There's a picture right here of what it looks like. And then it tells you what it is and it tells you they break everything down. So when you're looking at, at the problem, like for example, I'll just read you this one. It says fruit problems. So it says European apple soft flies. Most infested fruits drop off in early summer. Some do develop as ripe fruit, but have distinct ribbon scars where the young larvae fed under the skin. And then it said, tells you what plants are affected. It says apples season mid, uh, mid spring to early autumn. And then it, and then it quantifies this issue as being a pest issue. So it's got them broken down into three different sections. It's got them, uh, sorry, not sections, but three different causes. So they've got pest disease and then a disorder. So some of them might not be a disease, just be a disorder that something needs to be remedied. Um, but it tells you all the different ones and, and what they are. So this section is great because the first, I would say third to half of the book is just imagery after imagery of different plants and fruits and nuts and all of the different things that you see on them. So when you look at the picture and go, oh, that looks like what's going on with mine. It, it has a small little reference just saying what's going on, but then it tells you what page to go to for more information on this. So the, the book is devised in different ways in the sense that you can, you can reference the back first so you can find the kind of plant that you have and then find all the different kinds of diseases and things like that that might be associated with that particular plant. Um, or you can read the different kinds of, of ailments and then read the, the, the cures and things like that on them. But they also have everything broken down for you so that you can, if you start to, you know, go into the section, like, so for example, uh, what's a small one that I can read you guys, the bacterial wet wood, right? So it'll say right here, and it's just, there's no imagery in the back section. It'll just say bacterial wet wood. Who's calling me? Stats can fuck off. These guys have been calling me forever. <laughs> Sorry, DK to be so rude in the middle of your, uh, your, uh, review here. So for example, like bacterial wet wood, it'll say light, the symptoms, lighter, dark colored, uh, vertical streaks occur on tree bark below a crotch or wound. 
Slimy liquid may be present and is some sorry, and it sometimes has a foul odor. The heartwood of the affected tree will be darker than normal. Plants contacted by the liquid at the base of the tree can be killed. Cause: Any of several types of common soil or water-dwelling bacteria enter the tree via a wound. As a result of bacterial activity, oxygen is depleted, methane is produced, and pressure increases within the tree. The pressure causes excess liquid to be ex uh, exuded from the tree at weak points. Control, maintain tree vigor by using good cultural practices and avoid wounds. So there you go. Maybe not a, bad, a great example of, of control, but it's telling you that it's control because it's bacterial, right? So there's not always something you do, you know, if you get a tree or whatever, but actually, you know what? It didn't prove my point that I was trying to get at because a lot of these things will tell you, um, I'm looking at another one right now, like bacterial leaf spots. It'll say sea leaf spot bacterial page 151. And then sometimes they'll show um, with a bold page number, um, they'll show you what page to go to, to look and see what it looks like too, because it'll refer you back to the beginning and, you know, just cross reference to make sure you can find it. So it's, it's a great resource in the sense that it um, will help you find what the issues are. So you can, you can look at them and go, that's what's going on with my plant. And then you can go to the back and see what's causing it. And you find the solutions and they have so different kinds of solutions. They've got organic solutions or chemical solutions. So depending on how you're trying to treat your, your garden or your plants, you know, if you want to go with a more natural, uh, method, they give you the options for the natural methods, uh, assuming that there is one, um, there usually is, but not all of them have it. Um, 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 sorry, I'm back to doing that. Another thing, another whole section that they have that I actually really, really enjoyed, um, was they have one called garden health and problems. So uh, rather than just being like, Hey, here's a bunch of pictures of shit that's going on and then come to the back section and find out how to remedy it or whatever it is. Right. They actually have a whole section on the balance of life of, of your garden and how an ecosystem works, how everything from, um, you know, what's in the soil, right? So there's lots of different grubs and bugs and soil that will chew through things, but they will also stir the soil and, you know, keep nutrients moving and help, you know, aerate and things like that and make the roots of things work better. Um, how, you know, the, the plants and trees themselves offer housing for, for animals and wildlife that, that again, offer something back. And they're saying how some things hurt things, some things don't hurt things, but they all have their purpose. Um, you know, it sounds very hippie-ish, but actually when you're looking, they've got all sorts of graphs and things like that showing like what contributes to what. In fact, there's even a really cool thing. We all, I would assume we all know this, but it's just another thing that actually makes you appreciate nature and the balance of how things work because not only is this telling you how to like check proper, you know, uh, gardening and soil nutrients and things like that, but it even talks about how, you know, plants themselves, like the pollination process, right? A plant is still, it doesn't go anywhere. We all know that like certain flowers will blow propellers and things off so that they can plant seeds elsewhere. But the idea that plants actually produce colorful fruit and things like that to attract things like bees and other kinds of insects that will land and, you know, touch their pollen or eat their, their products, products, their produce and, and, you know, go and poop it out somewhere else. And the seeds, when they pass through their intestinal tract, when they poop it out, that's where the seed plants itself, wherever the insect left it. Or the idea that, you know, bees have pollen on them from other plants and they cross pollinate or they pollinate other things, you know, the, the, they land on colorful flowers or the, the fruit is the sweet, you know, honey and, and sugars from the fruits entice animals and, and other things to come and eat them and then spread their seed or spread their pollen or whatever it is. It's very cool. The whole idea that, 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 that plants themselves are producing things that are, that are attracting other forms of wildlife, you know, it really, uh, really does, you know, remind you that the world is a miraculous place. 
Um, regardless, these things tell you everything from different types of pruning techniques, right? So if you do have, it's not just about diseases and stuff, but how to take care of things, the different kinds of garden pests. So not just what's afflicting your things, but the pests life cycles and how to build better gardens, better greenhouses and things like that to take care of your plants. Just giving myself a reminder, cause there were so many different things. They have, um, a whole section on chemical free control. They have sections on, uh, like I said, how to cut plants is a very big one. When I was growing, uh, growing plants, you can, you can prune something or cut it and hurt it based on how you, just how you cut it. So there's a whole page on just how to make a proper prune. They have one on, uh, you know, certain preventative measures, how to help climbing plants grow, you know, that they need help at first. Um, even there's just a really good section on, on, uh, good planting. Cause I remember this back from when I was planting stuff, how you'll buy just a, sh a shit ton of stuff all, all seeded together. So when it grows, it's just a big mishmash of plants and you could take that out and drop it in the thing, but it's going to look like shit. So how you can take it apart when you get home and how to, how to separate the plants in the best way to give them the best chance. And you get more, more out of what you've got there rather than just dropping like a, a square foot of you know, clump of all sorts of different plants growing together. You can actually take them home, separate them, give them a fighting chance to help the roots, you know, grow and, and get strong. Um, anyways, blobity, blobity blue. I love this book guys. Uh, this is a great book for anybody who, even for your indoor household plants, it gives you an idea. I read something about one of the plants just being like, they call it, uh, not water, it's not waterlogged. I did read the, the waterlogged section too, which is different too, because sometimes your plant looks like it's dying if it's waterlogged and it will basically just droop right down to the floor. And so people think, oh my God, it's, it's thirsty, it's dark. And they give it even more water, which isn't helping it. Um, but no, I, I'm trying to remember that it wasn't sunburn either. The idea was that if, if you, if you pour water on your plants, even if there's like, you know, um, maybe droplets come out of it or, 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 you know, splash on the leaves or whatever. The idea is that if the temperature of the water is, is vastly different than the temperature of the leaf, it will actually burn the leaf in the sense that it pulls the chlorophyll, chlorophyll out of it. It basically shocks the leaf and they will get these, like these, these yellow burns on the leaves that make it look shitty, of course. But the whole idea was that you're, even if you think your water's like warm, well, if, if that plant has been sitting in the sun and its leaves are a lot hotter than, than the water that you poured on it. If that water sort of splashes on it, it gets little droplets on it. It'll, it'll create these yellow burns on the, the leaves. So, you know, it, the, the whole point of, you know, that, that particular ailment of leaves and the picture was showing it was that you can take, uh, you can just take your water and you can leave it sit in the room for an hour. You know, if you want to fill up your watering can or whatever, and just put it in the room and leave it next to the plants that you intend to water that or, or water it from the bottom is what it was saying is you water it directly into the thing. And that we don't accidentally, you know, spill little droplets on the leaves and make your plants look shitty every, and that's just one, one of several hundred different ailments that can affect all types of plant matter. So just to give you an example. So when you see the picture and you go, oh, that's what mine thinks. And you find out what it is. You're like, oh, that's a simple fix. I just leave the watering can next to it for a while or, or water it from the bottom. Boom. Because I, I just thought if I poured from the top and splash a little water on it, they'll get to suck it up. Boom. You're creating your own fucking garbage. Yeah, boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Fucking Italian garden and fucking tips, right? You know, tie up your tomato plants. Anyways, um, I, I can't recommend it enough. 
Okay. I fucking love the DK books and, and the fact that they can take the thing, the, how specific they go on subjects and, and uh, adding the visuals to make it more. I love these guys. Um, they actually sent me this time with the books, uh, a couple little, uh, pages here with some other books that they have coming out, which I have already requested a few more of. Um, there's uh, there's a few books. I'm just going to plug them for you guys. Cause I know that there's a, a couple of them here that are on both sheets. Uh, one is called the story of food an illustrated history of everything that we eat. Um, I'm, uh, I'm excited. I've asked them for that one. I'll see if they send it to me. It looks outstanding. Um, just interesting history of food. There's another one from the, uh, how it works series called, uh, you know, how food works. I'm, I would imagine that there'll be some stuff in here, but once I've read them both, it'll be interesting to see if there's any, uh, conflicting stuff. Cause now is one of the hardest times to consume as uh, human beings. Cause everything fucking kills you. So one day you find out kale's good for you. The next day you find that it gives, you know, makes your, your thyroid, you know, crazy or whatever. So, um, so the story of food, uh, very excited about that book. Um, eat better, live longer, understand what your body needs to stay healthy. Well, that seems very fascinating to me. There's another book that I'm super excited about called practical Ayurveda. And it is, uh, this is what it says here. It says, find out who you are and what you need to bring balance to your life. So it says yoga, meditation, massage, food, home remedies. It is all in this book. That one I'm super excited for. It says it comes out in, uh, in June. So sometime this month, I don't know when it hits shelves. Um, we got yoga fitness for men. Cause, uh, last month or a couple months ago, they put out the yoga fitness for women. So I was like, what about us fellas? Uh, so the yoga fitness for men is out too. There's one called gin inspiration. So if you like gin and the juniper, uh, sweet, sweet sauce there, check out gin inspiration. You guys know I'm a scotch guy. I'm not, a, I'm not a huge gin fan, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are. So if you're uh, into the gin, check out gin inspiration from DK. Uh, there's also another book they have called low carb on the go. So more than 80 fast, healthy recipes, anytime, anywhere. So I'm interested in checking that one out as well. The mythology book they've already sent to me. Uh, this WWE book called raw the first 25 years. So if you're into the uh, wrestling, as I know a lot of comedians are, um, that one is coming out. Uh, just came out actually last month. Um, we have the Smithsonian drive book, the definitive, the definitive history of driving lots of sweet, classic cars in that one. If you're a car's uh, gearhead, check that book out. Uh, it looks really, really nice. And finally, uh, the tool book, a tool lover's guide to over 200 hand tools. I have looked inside that book and, um, super, super cool. It's uh, even got the forward by Nick Offerman, who's a super funny guy and, uh, and a big tool guy. So, um, there's stuff for everybody, you know, great father's day, uh, gift ideas. And, uh, I will put a link for you guys in, uh, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever for, um, the pests and diseases book. So, uh, so check that out. DK. Thank you so much. As always, that was a long review, but fuck. I like reading these books. If I'm going to spend hours reading a book, I'm going to spend minutes talking about it, you know? Um, but that was my sponsors guys. As always, thank you to all of them coming up this week. Uh, starting as early as after this podcast, I'm going to dinner with my family. Um, my, uh, my dad got some good news. He's starting a new job. Very excited for him. Um, you know, he just asked me to keep it on the DL. Um, but, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of people want their shit private, right? So, but, but that's the nature of why we're going out. So we're going to the Mandarin again. That's where he wants to go. So, uh, again, I'm going out to an all you can eat Chinese buffet. I will try to keep the, uh, calories at a minimum, but when they, when they're charging you with the charging you, you kind of want to, you kind of want to hurt them too. <laughs> so anyways, I'm doing that afterwards. And I think I might even try to Twitch this evening. Um, you guys were going to miss it because of course I'm going to do that this evening and you don't even get this till tomorrow. 
but uh, I'm still going to do it. I might put a little Facebook video and let you know. Again, just a little reminder to, to, to like or follow these so that when I do let you guys know something you might not hear until afterwards, at least you're on the ground floor of it via your social media notifications. Um, but, but aside from that, you know, I'm Wednesday today for you guys, I'm going to be driving Uber and that's all I've got planned. So maybe I'll finally get my ass in gear and get my tax reporting done Thursday. I'm working morning till late night on this goddamn election, but making good money. Cha-ching this weekend. I got some LCBO tastings and, uh, and that's it in terms of plan stuff. Not really a whole lot on the, uh, the agenda. Now, later on in the month, things are kicking up with some stand-up shows and golf tournaments and stuff like that. Very excited, but, uh, it's kind of nice to have a relatively quiet week to continue putting these five things. Oh, mine into practice. So, uh, got, uh, got a couple emails, both from my friend, Tiffany. I just amalgamated them into one read, but, uh, if you guys want to send emails in contact at one man remember, um, I'd love to know some little things that you guys would like to change. Um, been getting less emails than before. You know, I've even had a few weeks as of late with no emails at all. And that's, that's fine. You guys tune into this stuff to maybe be entertained or whatever. And I hope it is entertaining for you. Um, I'd love to know even what your guys' favorite parts of the podcast are. I remember when I was first doing it, I used to read the uncle John, I mean, still do, but I used to read the uncle John's, uh, bathroom readers. And I thought that it was pretty cool to maybe just have some random facts stuff. I don't know. I had a friend tell me recently that she actually skips over the uncle John part. I was like, I thought maybe that'd be the one part that is entertaining every week. So I, I guess I'd kind of like to know what parts of the podcast you guys like and what parts uh, maybe you don't, you know, and that part will hurt, but, uh, I'd, I'd kind of like to know what's your, what's what you guys like, you, you know, I just want to hear from you. That's all just, uh, you know, I'm out here, uh, I'm out here drowning every week all by myself. Just wondering, is anyone out there? Can you come save me? Um, so yeah, guys, contact at one man podcast.com. Let me know what's going on with you. You know, how's your summer? What are the things you're working on? Anything going good? You guys read any good books lately? What are your strategies? What are things you want to change? Tell me about your lives, uh, in a public forum where everyone can hear, you know, no, it's not scary. Um, <laughs> my friend Tiffany emailed, uh, in this week saying, Hey, how's it going? So I'm listening to episode 55 and what do I wonder? Let me tell you a stop clicking your pen or keyboard. LOL. It echoes. Yes, I know. And I, I'm sorry. I caught myself a few times. I started using, um, you know, to make notes and stuff like that. My, uh, my pen last week and I was clicking away and I was really hoping it wasn't showing up as much as uh, I thought, but I guess it was. And I apologize for that guys. I'm working on it, but still failing. Cause this week I'm using a highlighter to go over some of my notes and I've been clicking the cap. And, uh, of course you're not here to be like, Hey, stop that. Stop that. It's annoying. So, uh, I, I'd imagine that this episode will have some too. I think maybe just next week, I just won't have one or I'll have something that doesn't click. So, uh, the, the, the highlight doesn't click, but it's cap sure as hell does. And I apologize. So, uh, B I love Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, but Jackson Triggs is the only one I have found that doesn't give me heartburn. Um, I would ask some questions, maybe go into an LCBO and find out, um, if there's anything different with the Jackson Triggs stuff, maybe, maybe more or less sugar or, or something like that. But I'm already picking up the highlighter and clicking it again. Sorry. Um, yeah, check out maybe ask them some questions and just say you get a lot of, uh, heartburn from Cabernet Sauvignon, but the Jackson Triggs stuff doesn't do. Maybe it's also the region, uh, of the grapes. So find out where it's from. I should probably know, but I don't, uh, what's your favorite takeout in Ottawa? Mine, not really takeout, but me fung is mine. Um, I, uh, I like, uh, chips and dairy is a good one cause they have really good poutine and they have really good, uh, you know, uh, Chinese food. So they, you know, get a nice little general towel, some chicken fried rice and, uh, a nice hearty poutine. I can't eat any of that shit anymore, but that was kind of one of my favorite takeout places. Um, I also do really like, uh, little Caesars only cause it's cheap and terrible. 
But, uh, I mean, in terms of takeout, five bucks, medium pizza, in and out. Nice. Enjoy it. Um, but yeah, chips and dairy is a really good one in Ottawa. It's way in the South. And I don't get there uh, very often. And that's probably for the best. Cause I'd probably be there two, three times a week. Uh, what's your favorite cafe type place or brekkie nook mine expectation, top floor bank street cafe. I've been there before. Uh, you're like, there's, oh, sorry. Uh, expectation, top floor bank street. Um, yeah, I, I don't have a favorite cafe place. I mean, I would say Starbucks only cause I will go to a Starbucks and set up and, and, you know, work and stuff like that. Um, I haven't found any particular ones I like. I mean, I'll do a bridgehead as well. I, I don't have any loyalties to any of the places. I just haven't found one that's got like, you know, a vibe. I don't really have that hipster vibe in me. If I can sit down and work, it's nice to be in a place where there's other people, I guess. I don't know. Not a big, uh, not a big sit around a cafe guy. I do it when I'm on the road because I know that that's a place where I can get Wi-Fi and I'm not just laying around, you know, in my underpants at a condo kind of thing. Um, but breakfast place, um, my buddy Greg had a place, has a place called Reynolds in Ottawa and it's good if you get there before a certain time of day, cause he's got one server and I've told him this before that is just like the food's good. The prices are great. And my buddy Greg's an amazing human being, but there's this one server who is like, she basically shows up and goes, what do you want? Like, and I'm not kidding. Like, she's like, what do you want? And then you're like, I'll have this. And then she looks, doesn't say, okay. Or anything else she looks at the other person that you're with you, you, they tell her, and then she just walks away. No, please. Thank you. Like, no, no. How are like nothing kind, not a smile, nothing. Then she'll come back with your food and give it to you when it's ready. And then that's the last time you see her. Like you don't get refills in your coffee. You don't get refills in your water. You don't get asked if you need ketchup or anything like that. You can't, if you're missing something, you have to get up and go ask her because she doesn't come back to the table. And then when it's time to pay, she comes over with a smile. Oh, how are you doing today? Everything's good. Yeah. You had a good time. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like laugh. And that's always around Greg, the owner too. And of course that's the time where you tip. So, and he's told me before, he's like, yeah, sure. She just gets busy with the lunch rush. So she'll show up, take your order, bring your food. And that's it. And I'm like, well, I don't fucking tip for that. I never get my water. I never get another coffee, you know, and I come there, I go there with comedians and stuff, friends of mine from out of town. So I'm like, I want them to have a good experience too. Cause I'm trying to help my buddy's business, you know, show new people the joint, but at the same time, you know, whatever, I, fuck it. I'm, I'm shitting on the, it's not the place. It is just that one human being. But the thing is, it's a, it's one of those sort of greasy spoons that like all of the people who work in the auto body shops and things like that in the area, they all go there, you know, and, and they go early. And then after 10 o'clock, it's like a lunch crowd, it gets quiet. So she's, if you, if you're like me and you get up at like 10 and you want to go for breakfast at times, of course, um, you're stuck with her and she's the only server there. So it just sucks after a certain hour. So it's not the place it's her, but she's all you get at sometimes. So, um, that, that's a spot I would, I would plug because everything's amazing about it. Um, except for that one person. And then, uh, another place that I really like. Um, and the service isn't incredible and it's usually busy or whatever, but I like the prices and I really like the food is, uh, Gabriel's pizza. Actually, some other locations will do breakfast and they do breakfast at like two in the afternoon, which is right up my alley. Um, Crystal and I used to go all the time. Um, cause there's one close to her house and they do like a breakfast frittata, which is basically, let me just tell you about this here. All right. I'm trying not to get my dick hard while I talk about it. Cause it is delicious. Um, 
They do a breakfast frittata, which is basically a Gabriel's pizza, which was already amazing. So that nice soft dough with the crispy edges. And then instead of pizza sauce, they use hollandaise sauce. Oh, are your ears perking up? Hollandaise sauce as the base. They put uh, like fried egg on top. I think they cook in the oven, but they basically put like a like scrambled egg and they pour that on there on top of it. Then they put, you know, bacon, sausage, ham, and then fucking cheese on top. So it's basically a breakfast pizza. And then you get home fries and fruit with that. Oh, so good. I think it's like 13 bucks as well. Oh, oh, and I need a new underpants. Okay. So that's, that's what I like. I like the, um, the, the Gabriel's breakfast. Um, as you asked a cafe, your favorite cafe, there's too many lists for me. I, I, you know, if they serve coffee and I, I got Wi-Fi and I can sit and work, I'm, I'm happy with it. You said your favorite watch place is the Fossil Store, Drool. Um, well, I did tell that story about the the watch because you're like 400 on a watch. Yeah, so you said, show me the watch. I don't have it anymore. I don't know. I don't even know where it is. I think the one of the links in it broke and um, I didn't know how to fix one. And I lost the pin. Like the pin popped out, so I didn't even have the pin to replace it. And I just assumed... Well, it's fucking five or six years old and I'm not going to be able to special order that pin and I don't even care. So, you know, I think the battery was already dead on it or something. Anyways, uh, my favorite watch place is uh, the Apple store because that's the kind of watch I have now. The only one I, now I just changed the band. So uh, my Apple watch is, is particularly helpful to me. And, uh, and that's the kind I'm going to be wearing for some time. And since I can just change the watch face on this, it makes me nice and happy. Uh, stupid Tiff side note. Um, I saw a friggin' possum today. I never seen one in real life. This was the highlight of my evening. Hey, good on you. Fucking possums are cool. I didn't think that they were the kind of things that uh, hung out in Canada, but, um, neat little animals. Apparently they're very, very aggressive. I could be, could be wrong on that information, but as far as I know, possums are aggressive. So if you go near them and they've got their babies, I mean, all animals protecting their babies are, but watch out for these little fuckers. Cause everyone's like, oh, they play dead. And I think that when they really think that they got no chance, they'll play dead, which you would think with a giant human being, maybe that'd be the case. But, uh, apparently they're, they're, they're hissy little fuckers. Or maybe I'm just thinking of that Simpsons thing where he's like, I call the big one bitey. You know what I mean? Maybe that's where I think they're aggressive from. I don't know stuff. Fuck those baby blues are daunting. You are blessed. Your face looks softer than Clark's ass. So my friend Tiffany's baby is named Clark. And I think that she's referring to the, uh, the, the Instagram picture I posted where I shaved my face and my eyes are super blue and that that's very kind of you to say, I appreciate that. My stupid face, uh, is like sandpaper. So I doubt it's softer than, uh, than your baby's ass, but it is, uh, it is definitely probably fat like a baby's ass. Um, if they have little fats, <laughs> I don't know what they have. Um, your analogy for your face blows me away. Confidence on point. That would be like me wearing camel toe pants and a tied with a knot top and letting my flabby ass stomach fly. Um, fuck. I admire that. Josh. I'm so in my head about my physical stature. Maybe it's a birth thing, but I can't. Wow. Way to go. Well, the whole point of me doing it was because I'm not comfortable with my body either, but the more I hide it, it, it is, it does become like an out of sight, out of mind thing. I'm already, my face has got stubble on it. So I haven't kept up the shaving thing, but I'm actually letting one of my other insecurities, um, take even more focus away from my face. Like my face is fat because of the, you know, my, my size, but I'm actually starting my hair thinning at the back. And there's no bald people in my family. There's no bald people on my mom's side, which is the side of the, the, you know, the genetics that it comes from. There's no bald people, but I have right in the back of my head, uh, my hair is thinning so much that you can see like all my hair is thin on my head. You can see right down to my scalp, at least there's hair growing there. So it looks like there's a style, but right at the back of my head, right where the crown is, there is my hair's thinning. 
And it just looks, especially when I'm on stage with lights and I turn around and stuff, it looks like there's a giant bald spot there. And when I first saw it, um, because it's weird, you can't, I can't see it when I'm looking in a mirror. It's, it's, even if I tilt my head down, it happens right, right beyond the point where I can see with my eyes. So as soon as I tilt it low enough, my, my eyes can't look in the mirror anymore. So I really only ever see it when I get a haircut and my, you know, my barber will do that thing where he shows me the, the mirror and the other mirror. And I'm like, oh fuck, that looks awful. Or I, I, the first time I saw it was when I was watching a video of me doing stand up, And, uh, as I was walking to stage, I could see the back of my head on the spotlights. And I was like, what the fuck is that? So immediately I started growing my hair out longer thinking that, well, if I grow my hair long, then this little patch won't show because my hair was always short before that. So I'm like, maybe that's why I grow my hair long and then you won't see it. All that did was make it way worse because the longer my hair gets, the darker it is. And then the more you can see right through it down to the scalp sort of gleaming through. And, uh, I've kept my hair short since it looks better when it's short, but there's still that patch there. And people have started making comments, um, which I don't care. I mean, at the end of the day, I don't care, but the idea that they're commenting on it means that it's a lot more noticeable than, uh, you know, other people who are kind are trying to convince me that it isn't. So I'm, my hair's, I'm losing my hair. It's not as, as fast as it once was. You know, I used to wake up and there'd be fucking hairs all over my pillow. Not crazy, but you know, every day you wake up and there's like 15 hairs in your pillow. You're like, why is my hair falling out? Um, so the idea, uh, sorry, everyone, everyone's texting me. I've had three phone calls, um, and several texts while I've been recording this podcast. But anyways, long story short is my hair's been falling out for some time. It's getting thinner. More and more people are making little comments. Like I, when I was at, uh, Jimmy and Alex's, you know, uh, I was making a little joke with the baby, you know, having thin hair because his hair was just starting to come in. And, uh, and, and I think Alex said something like, huh, you're one to talk, you know? So just, just more people making the comment. And, and here's the thing. I, I talked to somebody else about it recently and they were like, well, that's, that's not nice. You're not supposed to say anything. I go, well, that's exactly my point. Not that you're not supposed to say anything, but the idea is that, that, that I'm hearing enough people who are actually talking and making comments about it that only leads me to believe that there's even more of them, infinitely more of them who are seeing it and just not saying anything as maybe they don't want to, you know, say something. So I, I shaved my face to force myself to look at my fat face and hope to hopefully do something about the weight. And, um, and I'm thinking at the same time now, if I'm going to be shaving my face, maybe I'm just going to do what a lot of guys do when they start to see themselves getting bald and they just go, fuck it. I'm not going to be that guy with a, with a, you know, a Costanza or whatever it is. I don't, that, that'll never happen. There's, there's no complete baldness, man, but I will have a bald spot in the back of my head and then just a regular hairstyle. I'll walk around oblivious to how I fucking look. Um, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to comb it over and I'm not going to fucking spray paint my head or do any of these other, you know, denial things. I just go, okay, fuck it. I got a bald spot. So maybe I'll just shave my head and I'll, I'll just be one of those bald guys. I'll, I'll bick my fucking head and that's it. All right. Your hair, you don't want to grow. Well, then we'll take it all away from you. You know, I'm going to, it's tough love on my head. So, so we'll see, maybe I'll do that and I'll hate that too, but I'm thinking of growing the beard back and then shaving the head or playing around with my looks. The idea is that I'm not confident. I appreciate you saying that, that, that it's confidence on point or whatever, but I, uh, I just want to be, you know, healthy. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get the Jason Statham going on one day. I was worried about bicking my head while I'm still overweight. Cause I don't want to be that bald bearded fat guy. Um, but I, I, I know I certainly can't do them both at the same time. I can't have a bald face and a bald head and be overweight and all that stuff. Oh, it'll look disgusting, but you know, if it happens, you guys will see it. So again, social media, you'll be out there and you can look at it. That's, uh, that's the podcast for the week, guys. It's, uh, <laughs> working on personal changes and, uh, and whatnot. God, I hope some of this was funny or interesting. 
Um, but as always, you know, I'd love to know what's going on with you guys. One last time, contact at onemanpodcast.com. Uh, it would be great to hear what's going on with you guys. And if any of you want to, you know, share publicly some of your insecurities or some things that you'd like to work on, you know, Hey, maybe I can offer some tips or maybe someone else can, can hear that and write in some tips and some things. Maybe we can all become a community of supportive motherfuckers together. But in the meantime, it'll be me sitting here yelling out to the universe all by myself, trying to make some changes. Thank you to my sponsors, portable press dot com uh check out uncle john's bathroom readers and all the different books that they have there guys absolute comedy.ca go check out the show this summer there are some amazing acts coming to a city near you summersby get them watermelons on their shelves and get them to me because i would love to taste more of that um and of course finally my partners dk.com slash ca if you're in canada or just dk.com in the states um facebook twitter instagram youtube guys one man podcast follow me i'll uh, i'll show you that stuff uh, the, the patio work on the outside We'll give Jay some shit. Hopefully get a new patio set. (laughs) And uh, in the meantime, I hope you have a great week. I look forward to talking to you again next week and every week for the rest of your lives. 